What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Thanks for spending time on a Friday. It's Hail Varsity. We're presented by Kirk. Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hope you're doing all right. We are loaded up. A lot of travel news to tell you about with the Husker coaches in state and out of state. What's Joel Klatt think of Nebraska in 2023? And uh, plenty to dive into as things could get ugly. And then some, a little payback maybe on Purdue's mind as Nebraska basketball tips off at six tonight. So uh, plenty of college football, Nebraska thoughts, high school hoops, NFL. It's all happening today on Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, ways to get involved, pretty easy. Can dial up at 466-3776-466-3776. Toll free at 800-825-5865. Can email the show, chris at alevarsity.com. And catch the show streaming live, different ways and platforms to do so. ESPN Lincoln Facebook and Twitter, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, and as always, the Hale Varsity Twitter, Hale Varsity Radio Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Give that a follow. Catch coffee and cream in the morning with Damon Benning and Andrew Rogers, seven to nine uh, here in Lincoln and in Omaha. So it's uh, uber busy. We'll get the uh, basketball and prep rundown. And also some recruiting thoughts with some in-state talent from Jacob Padilla. Jacob with us in about 15 minutes on Hale Varsity Radio. In Hour 2, Bill Dolman will join us. Uh, Jeremiah Searles, former Husker, longtime NFLer and Agent Searles. It's like a, it's like a 007 here. We need to get a, a, a new poster of Searles or something beyond the... Uh, there was these posters of Searles where they were up around campus when he was a freshman. Uh, at Nebraska because he was part of the, I don't want to say the, the tour guide group. Did you take the, the new student tour? The new student enrollment tour, yeah. Right. It wasn't quite the, uh, did you ever see uh, Road Trip, the movie? Tom Green. We've talked about it on the show before, but no, I've never okay. seen it. So Searles wasn't the Tom Green character, but there's pictures of Searles pre-beard, khakis and collared shirt and, oh, look, I'm in college, that expression. So... He may beat me the next time he sees me, but point is, is Searles will lay down some NFL thoughts with well, us this and, weekend. And Agent Searles, that sounds like straight out of, you know, Threat Level Midnight. <laughs> I, I can, can make it happen. I, I'd love to see Searles as like a secret agent, like he's trying to be sneaky, but he's big and lumbering and he's, can't hide behind the tree very he's, well. He's trying to be, yeah, he's trying to be sneaky. Just ask how Bam, Bambi like taunts him uh, this hunting season, I, I think. At least I haven't gotten any jerky. So Searles with us. Brady Altman's from Hale Varsity round, to round out uh, your Friday. So what is happening? Who is where? 
and uh, we'll ask this question about Xavier Betts as well. Uh, get Jacob Padilla's thoughts. Is Xavier Betts back in play for Nebraska football? Chew on that, but you have uh, Coach Donnie Raiola down in Arizona. He is visiting Bobby Newcomb's high school program, but uh, Coach Rule and uh, some staff going to be finding their way for sure to see Dylan Raiola if they haven't uh, invaded yet. I haven't my mother lives west of Phoenix. I didn't ask her and grandma to do a drive-by and give us visual confirmation, but that's a huge priority. Georgia's the first team to offer him. Georgia just won another championship. They're going to be tough to beat, but at least Nebraska has a dog in the fight with new staff and, of course, Uncle Donnie on the offensive line. But you know what, Elijah? Nebraska's going to put every ounce of effort in not only to the Dylan Riolas of the world, but other prospects they really like. Well, I mean, did you see Matt Rule's tweets today? And the more this goes on, the more I'm wondering if Matt Rule's actually we tweeting for himself. We need a secret decoder. I, I'm starting to wonder if this is a case of like, you know, Matt Rule just texts his firm. I mean, with all the money he's making from the Panthers and from Nebraska, it probably makes sense for him to go hire a out Twitter of, guy or gal. Yeah, and just text him like, hey, I'm going here. Make it emoji form and, and and let me know let, let the people know what's going on see if they can decipher it keep them on the edge or keep on their toes on the edge of their seat with all my travels i've been wondering that more and more because matt rule said before he's not a social media guy but he sure acts like one on twitter so i wonder if he's got somebody doing it maybe that's like the scoop of the century to go find the guy that's running matt rule's twitter and see if you can get the inside scoop on where matt rule's going but i digress today he tweeted emojis of a plane flying over mountains then another plane flying over what appears to be a desert scene with an eye emoji, five stars, and a football. Well, that that is clean. Denver didn't quite frankly take the direct. It's probably Denver to Phoenix. Oh no, no, this is this is the head coach in Nebraska. He took the direct wherever he wanted to go. So he just so, so he, he probably just, made a little stop. He in just Colorado. waved. He just waved at Coach Prime. <laughs> Look where I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to see a five star quarterback. <laughs> is that what he did? Did he tip the wing? <laughs> uh. <laughs> is he taunting Coach uh, John Elway in Denver while he's at it? <laughs> Huh? I I could not tell you with any certainty. Maybe he's visiting a prospect there. I think I think your version of events is much more fun, and I, like that'd be like a great Mitt Sherman athletic story in ten years of the time Matt Rule went real and rubbed it Dion in with Dion. <laughs> I'm gonna go look at a five star quarterback. You can keep yelling at your kid. Uh, Moonboot says hello from Denver. Moonboot, uh, have well, you seen Matt Rule? No. Boot, let us know. Uh, Jamarian Carlton uh, getting his offer from Nebraska. Coach uh, McGuire is checking in on the 2026 edge out of Temple, Texas. Ed Foley. Loved Ed Foley's tweets last night as he uh, met the Foltz family, was out in Grand Island. Uh, he is going to be uh, in hot pursuit of talent in Ainsworth at tight end, of course. Let's also note, got a hot dog with nacho cheese on top. And the jalapenos. To, the proper way to eat a hot dog. You can add the jalapenos if you want, but the nacho cheese. You're, you're, you're sighing. You gave me a, one of those tweets last week whenever I tweeted well, out the I picture. drug test you. Yeah, it's not a drug thing. It's a, no, no, just I know, a tasty you, thing. No, you need to drug. Dude, the, 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 that, that is just too much diesel in, in no one setting no in, in one setting coach barthel uh at west side checking in on some prospects 
of course, uh, plenty of uh, incredible talent at Westside with Coach Lamangi, uh, Caleb Benning, uh, just a flat-out stud. Uh, of course, you've got Lloyd and Elvano for 2023, but uh, Christian Jones also a target. Target, and and then that that backfield that is state title money. Uh, you have Anthony and Teddy Rezac. The Rezac boys are incredible, great ball players. So they're on that 2024 radar, which is good. Uh, Caleb Pyform uh, is is it central? He's on the offensive line. So uh, he's going to be looked at. I know Minnesota has been around there. Nebraska is out in full force today, which is great. But the emojis scream Arizona and the desert. My little brain tells me that. Wait, do, do we have an update on has uh, has Nebraska stopped by and talked to Caleb Bidding today? I wish there was somebody yes. we could talk to to, to figure well, no, out what's I, going on there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, it'd be I, great I, to have an inside source. I didn't. I didn't call or, or text Damon today. Hey, <laughs> anyone stop by? Say hi. Uh, no, I did, I did not do that. We'll, we'll let the, the natural recruiting process happen. Winter conditioning gets rocking this week. So that is something to keep in mind. So from a, a portal standpoint, uh, we'll talk to, to Brady Oltmans about this as well. Brett Seether is uh, tied end out of Georgia. Okay, He has uh, been minimally used. And as you would understand, your, your second favorite tight end in the world Still has a year of eligibility left at Georgia. Two years of eligibility left, actually. He's only got one year <laughs> until he can go off to the NFL draft. And I mean, he, he could potentially, if he gets the NIL deals, he could stay for two more years at Georgia. Last year was his true freshman year. He's a true sophomore this year. That is uh, impressive. But uh, Brett Seether, Georgia tight end, 6'5", 230. Minimal use, but uh, sounds like he'll be in Lincoln this weekend. If not here already, you have Ishmael Smith-Flores. Told you about him, the tight end. Uh, with with uh, the Iowa pedigree, a January 20th visit, the uh, fight for Seether, the Georgia tight end between Nebraska and Georgia Tech. And then also you have MJ Sherman. I don't know if he can get after the quarterback as well as Mitch Sherman, but uh, MJ is a uh, minimally used, but another dude off the bus that's an outside linebacker that may be looking at Nebraska as well. Well, what do you make of the, the Seether news? With I mean, I, I do feel like Nebraska needs a tight end that's had a couple years in a college program. Whenever you look at Fedoni and his injury concerns, yeah, he's got a lot of talent, I, but also he hasn't really quite I seen like, the field. I like Rollins a lot. Also another guy that hasn't really quite seen the field. I mean, the the the... the Tight end, you have returning with I the love most Carney. experience. I like Carney. I, but I think the I know we we don't have. You haven't seen any of those guys in the field. The only one you've really seen on the field is Borkatcher, right? And and Borkatcher's still here, but yeah. Do you want other options? Sure. Do you want other guys from big time programs? Sure. Why not? At least you want to use the tight end. You need to use the tight end in the offense with Volkolek moving on and Brewington as well. Yeah, and Ch- Ch- man, Chancellor was so good for Nebraska, not just uh, not just blocking but made some big plays. Yeah, you go get him if you if you can and quite honestly, Georgia doesn't really whiff on tight ends. They they don't and I'm not saying Nebraska has, there's just been a a process in development and and that's okay. Carney's going to have a great opportunity to, to perform this year. He's been in the program a while. Everyone's starting at the same point with a new offense and new lingo. Uh, Fedoni needs to stay healthy, but once he does, I think he'll kill it. I think he'll be outstanding. I, I, he's that type of dude. He just has to stay healthy. And then Rollins, uh, I, I loved what I saw in the spring game. I know that's just a snippet, but I thought it was pretty high-level athleticism. But I, I do look at that as a position where Nebraska probably does need an upgrade 
Just, I mean, could, could you get by with the tight ends? You need you some experience. Sure, you, yeah. you need additional experience. Yeah, I mean, Borkutcher, yeah, he gave it his all last year, but it's not like he looked quite Big Ten ready, both from a blocking point of view and from a, uh, a pass catching point of view. He got open decently, but he had some drop issues mm-hmm. and Fair. didn't look like a guy who was necessarily Big Ten ready. And mm-hmm. I'll give him props, and that, that's kind of what you want your walk ons to do is come in and, and give it your all and at least be an option there so it's not some third-team practice squad guy, and that's that's not what Borkutcher was. He came in and performed admirably, but I still think if Nebraska wants a full 12 games from a tight end next year, you probably want an upgrade on you a guy need like three. And, and you, you need, need three. And you need more certainty than a guy like Fedonian. I, I think a uh, kid from Georgia, Seether? Seether? Mm-hmm. He's a, more of a, a blocking option based on his frame than Fedoni, where you look at 6'4", 240-plus pounds. He's your H-back. Could be your Ooh, H-back. that's a good thought. Could be your H-back. So let's talk Xavier Betts here. And the uh, the word as we reached out to some folks, uh, Betts was looking at, at Porter Linda Pitt. Okay. Uh, it sounds like uh, Coach Rules reached out to him. And could or will Xavier Betts rejoin the team? It sounds like he's um, in the student directory. Question you ask yourself is where is is bets at right now from a eligibility and a football standpoint uh what where's he at academically now it's not that he can't get back and write that from all reports to us as we've talked to some of some of the folks in, in his circle i mean bets is super smart he's just got to do the schoolwork right so it's not a it's not an academic challenge issue uh, from a scholarship standpoint. If you do get him, do you, you got to put him on it. I mean, Nebraska's well above 90 right now with what they have. You're going to have some more departures after spring ball, but they are thin at receiver. They, they really truly are. And Betts is that big body, deep threat ability who in the year away or almost a year away, has he fallen back in love with football? Uh, is he tired of not being a part of a, a locker room and a team? Uh, where's he at from a shape standpoint? Betts is a Betts is a stud athlete, so I don't worry about him getting back in shape uh, or even getting things righted academically to be eligible. It's uh, is his heart in it for the long haul right now. If if he's a guy that's got uh, sick ability, which he does, but it's just not. He's good at it, but he doesn't love it. Then, then don't do it. You don't have to to do it. I mean, the whole world's saying, "Oh, you're wasting all this God-given ability." Totally get it. But if your heart's not in it, then don't do it. But time away may have had him kind of just snap into focus and say, "Man, this is something that that I'm good at. I can change my life with." And oh yeah, by the way, there's now uh, nil. Well, and and. A point that I keep coming back to is it almost reminds me of a situation where you ever seen that couple that they've been dating for two years and then they break up out of nowhere and you go, where did this come from? And they're both just having an awful time for two months and then, oh, they're, they're back together and three months later they're engaged. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time away to realize what you've lost. And I wonder if that's the case with Betts where he thought, you know what, 
my life has moved to a point where I don't want to be worrying about football every single day. And then you take a year off, you watch college football, you watch NFL, and you realize there's a big hole in your life and you, you need to get it back. I wonder if that's where he's at right now. And you can come back from that and have more motivation than when you left after realizing what you actually had and what you let slip away to now want to come back and get that second chance. So, I mean, personally, as a... I, you, I, as, I think as you a, absolutely take him. I exactly. think, you, I think you, you talk to your, your captains or guys that you feel good about and uh, you get the, the take there. Of course, you had the... Uh, the award dinner last night in Omaha where T.O. and Coach Rule got to break bread. That was really pretty cool. Was that Wednesday night? That was Wednesday, Wednesday night. night. And then, of course, you got the, the Remington uh, this weekend in Lincoln. Uh, you have Brando's Sports World again saying what's up from Hastings. And also, uh, Brando's calling a shot. Revenge on the Boilermakers tonight. Brando, I love you. I want some some of what you're drinking, brother. <laughs> we'll get uh, take. Pass it. Yeah, Jacob next on Husker Hoops and uh, Xavier Betts. Hail Varsity continues. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone, you're not customer-facing, it's casual dress, and the work environment. It's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at fscedge.com. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity, as uh, we are gearing up for a Friday. Jacob Padilla is with us from HailVarsity.com and Magazine at Jacob Padilla underscore. Jacob, it's been uh, a week or two. How's the wrist? Let's see the hand. Uh, well, yeah. It's, okay. I should probably uh, put my uh, better back on here. Put uh, the splint on. Play I mean, you're doing a radio interview here. Are you worried you about gotta, like putting your wrist in a compromised position, sitting in a chair, no, talking? I'm just supposed He's, to wear it all the time, and uh, <laughs> I'll take it off occasionally just to give it a break. That, uh, that, that's totally anyway, fine. People don't, it's not great radio. Uh, no, i got to well, go back in in a few more weeks. But we're, uh, we're streaming. We're, we're streaming, and we're still waiting on that invite to sign your your rap. Well, not, it's also smart here to, to keep that thing on. You never know when you could ha- be facing attackers. It could be at the time you least expect it, sitting down in a chair doing a radio interview. That's when they'll get you. Yeah, Jacob is not worried about that. Uh, I mean, J- Secret Agent Searles could be busting through that door. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Jacob, let's start off with Purdue-Nebraska tonight, and uh, we'll kind of round around, uh, get around to some of the prep visits uh, on the recruiting trail with with Nebraska, and then also uh, high school preps is where we're going to go. But uh, man, going to be tough duty tonight. Were you a little surprised yesterday with Fred? And Fred wasn't wrong, but uh, it, it was unFred like with uh, his, his his take on some of the officiating, specifically with the, with what and how Walker was whistled. 
Yeah, um, you don't often hear coaches coming back at, uh, afterward, uh, especially in a like maybe on a play that kind of significantly impacted the the final result or whatever. Obviously, yeah, not not playing with Walker hurt Nebraska in that first half, but that wasn't why they lost that game. Um, so yeah, that that was I, I'm trying to remember exactly how. Um, we, we got to that point cause it, uh, it, it just kind of came up. Yeah. yeah you kind of got there by answering another question. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's certainly understandable or coaches would be frustrated when you go back and watch film and see a call that, um, that did impact the way the game played out where they're just, it's an assumption call where mm-hmm. the official assume that there was contact there where there really wasn't no um, no contact at all yeah well so that's yeah not you, you don't hear it a, a ton but i think uh just uh, again i don't remember how exactly we got to that point but hopefully uh i think th- they're going to need to avoid any of those kinds of calls tonight for sure well, Jacob, whenever you look at that game on Tuesday night, Walker's absence being forced to sit on the bench in foul trouble is obviously uh, a big issue. But then you also had the injury to Jawan Gary, the shoulder issue, which is still going to hold him out tonight. When you look at those two issues combined, obviously it's bad news for Nebraska. But which, in a vacuum, do you think matters more for this Husker basketball team uh, moving forward? That, that, you know, Derek Walker stay out of foul trouble in games moving forward or that you get Jawan Gary back from injury? Uh, definitely Gary. I mean, Walker... He's some games he gets in foul trouble, other games he stays out there for 30 plus minutes. So it's not necessarily like Wilhelm Breinbach has struggles to avoid committing fouls. Uh. Derek isn't quite in that same. It is kind of it's kind of random when he gets in foul trouble versus when he doesn't. Um, Gary, they certainly need him out there. This is a team that doesn't have a ton of talent to begin with. So when you're missing nine and a half points, six and a half rebounds, one and a half steals uh, from your lineup. That's that's hard to replace. Uh, Wilhelm Breidenbach has been playing better recently, uh, and that's good to see. Over his last six games, he's averaging almost eight points a game, shooting well, over 50% from the field, 5 of 13 from three, um, hitting his free throws too. So he, he's been – hopefully he's kind of turned a corner at this point in his career, and it's not just kind of a uh, a peak amid a season full of peaks and valleys um, but because they're going to need him a lot. And then Denim Dawson – He's the guy that can most closely uh, replicate what uh, Gary brings, just in terms of body, skill set type of deal. But Dawson is not yet ready to impact the game the way that Juwan Gary does it as a retro freshman now. So, um, going to need more out of him. Uh, he's scored uh, what 19 total points this season, including eight in the Omaha game, which was the second game of the season. So he's not a guy that has given them much production. He's gone out there and given you some hustle plays here and there. But that's about it. And with, with Gary out of the lineup, you need a little bit more than just a few hustle plays. And Hoiberg said he'll get a chance to, to, to play some extended minutes here. So it's up to him to be able to step up and give them a little bit more than he has to this point. Yeah, I think we're under the assumption here that Denim Dawson is going to be the guy who steps into the starting lineup tonight, uh, Jacob. But if this becomes a, a situation where Nebraska gets down by – 10 points in the first half, which is very possible against this potent Purdue offense. Do you think Nebraska tries to go offensive and maybe gets Kisei and CJ on the floor at the same time? What, what do you think they do to try to to mitigate that loss of Juwan Gary? Because as you said, I don't think Denim Dawson by himself is going to be able to replace the, the big shoes of Juwan Gary. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see which way they go with that starting lineup. Hoiberg mentioned he kind of liked the role that, that Breidenbach is playing, and Dawson did start the second half, uh, although 
Reinbach had three fouls at that point too, so I'm sure that impacted the decision. Um, but Hardwick said it'll be a game time call for that. They're going to go through their shoot around today, think about it, and then decide which way they wanted to go. Um, so it'll be one of those two, and then we'll see. I think they'll, they'll play it by year moving forward in terms of how many minutes each play. Uh, Brian Bach is a primary backup 5-2 as Blaze Keat is. Um, still kind of working his way back from that injury. He has not looked quite ready to, to make a positive impact uh, since he's gotten back out there. Um, so that's something else that Hoiberg's going to have to manage, and that could end up leading to uh, lineups where they do play small, like you mentioned, playing more of those guards. And now Sam Griesel has to take on defending power forwards. Um, I mean, there, there was a lineup at the end of that half, uh, obviously, again, with the injuries, the foul trouble and everything, uh, Bannamel had two fouls, Walker two fouls, Gary Hurt, where he had uh, Griesel, Tominaga, Wilcher, Lawrence, and Dawson as the five out on the court which I don't think that he ever anticipated rolling out a lineup like that coming into the season. Uh, but that's, that's where they got uh, at, at that point in the game. So um, they're going to have to get creative. He was a big part of the, their effectiveness against Purdue the last time they played, although he didn't have a great offensive game, I don't believe, uh, himself in that one. But he's he was one of the, the, the guys that was there double-teaming, making life difficult for uh, for Zach Eady inside where they held him to a season low 11 points. And so they're going to have to find some way. I mean, they, they played about as well as they possibly could have defensively last time. And again, Gary was part of that and still came up short. So they're going to need kind of an outlier performance in order to, to get it done tonight. Somebody's got to get hot uh, offensively and stay hot. It can't just be a guy hits a couple of shots and then um, it, it kind of goes away. They got to have somebody score and, 17, 19, 20 some points uh, in order to have a chance in this one. I mean, I, I think Tominaga, what he had 19 uh, off the bench uh, yep. the first time they played him. Uh, they need two guys to do that. They need a couple guys to be going in order to, to score enough points in this one. And that's not something that we've really seen uh, from them outside of a few. Obviously, you had three guys going against Minnesota um, with Walker, Juwan Gary, and Sam Griesel. Um, so you need your best players to step up and play well, and then you need somebody else like a Tominaga, like a Wilshire, someone who hasn't necessarily been consistently productive to step up and have a big game in order to compete. Jacob Padilla is with us. HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Find Jacob on Twitter at Jacob Padilla underscore. Jacob, I'm going to focus in on, on West Side here real quick and kind of get your reaction with uh, Tony White. Uh, being at uh, at West Side for a little bit today, and just overall the Metro, uh, the job Nebraska staff doing, uh, your reaction to that, and also give me your your gut here on Nebraska uh, sitting down and, and having a couple of discussions with uh, with Xavier Betts on a p- potential and possible return. Yeah, um, I mean, no real change since the last time we discussed it. It just they're continuing to do it. They're continuing to put in the due diligence. Anytime they get a chance, they're making sure that they've got local places on their list, on their itinerary, sending people out to the schools. I saw um, what Tony Wright was at uh, Omaha North, too, mm-hmm. um, uh, with Tyson Terry there and some other young guys. And um, So it's not just a, all right, new job. we got to go shake hands, show our faces at the new places, and uh, that'll be good enough. Like It's, it's part of what they plan to do. Um, they, they plan to be present. And that's that's the, the the most important thing in establishing those good relationships. 
uh, and making a good, uh, good impression on the, the players, the coaches, um, all the people giving the, the, the recruits advice about um, where to go, how to handle their recruitment. So um, it's important, again, with these new coaches in particular, to, to get out there, uh, to show their faces, uh, to make it a consistent effort. And we know uh, how much talent Westside has with Caleb Benning, mm-hmm. Rezax, um, Christian Jones. Um, there's, there's a lot of uh, very talented players there. So it's, it's certainly a place that I think you're going to see uh, Nebraska pop up again and again as these uh, contact periods continue to, to be open. As for bets, do you and, and then, a... yeah, yeah, and as you say, and, the, and then on Xavier bets, certainly interesting. Again, we just we don't know where where Xavier is at this point, um, where the the headspace he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it kind of got to the the burnout stage. It, it seemed like with, with football when he decided to step away from the program. Um, evidenced by the fact that he, I believe, just left school, never didn't look to go in a portal, didn't look to go just start over somewhere else. He just wasn't playing football. Um, and now, I guess, a, a t- time away, a year away from it, maybe that, that, that fire's come back. And um, as long as he's taking care of business, doing what he needs to do uh, away from the field um, to, to make a return to, to the program and college football viable, then it's worth, at the very least, investigating, putting out feelers, seeing, like, all right, where are you at? Uh, how, how, what are you interested in doing? Because from a skill set standpoint, we know he's a perfect fit for what uh, what Matt Rule wants. And we know this is a guy that has been productive for this program before. So um, definitely, if he shows interest in returning to college football, it's something where you have to reach out, put out some feelers, have a uh, conversation, see kind of where he's at, uh, do your homework, because obviously Rule doesn't have a previous relationship with him. Um, so that's something where they got to figure out, all right, is, is this someone that fits what we want to do from a personality standpoint, from all those types of things, because I mean, obviously looking at the film, you know, there's a fit from that standpoint. Jacob, can you hang on and can we get a prep roundup from you a couple minutes on the other side? Is that good with you? Yep. Sounds good. All right. Jacob Badilla uh, is standing by uh, another uh, segment with Jacob here. We'll get uh, his take on what a wild night of basketball in uh, Omaha, Lincoln, and the surrounding communities out in central Nebraska as well. So we'll get Jacob's take and uh, a busy weekend tonight. More Metro action to highlight. I know uh, you got a showdown going on with uh, Southwest and North Star tonight. Mm-hmm. I, I brought Junior's piggy bank in to try and bribe Motsi to let me do that one tonight. I got the uh, get out of here. <laughs> you want Waverly and Bennington? That's where I'm at. That's where you're going? Yeah. Uh, I would. <laughs> I would, absolutely. Except that she did make me promise to take her to dinner tonight. The wife, yeah. Maybe I can injure my hand with a stapler. <laughs> uh, Jacob Bedilla is on the way with Hale Varsity. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Back with you, Tail Varsity Friday edition. Don't forget weekend edition tomorrow morning, 7 to 9 a.m. locally in Lincoln. Jacob Padilla joins us here. Jacob, uh, what a ball game last night. Gretna and Westside. I had Southeast and Pius. That was well played. That was quite a bit of fun. And then you had uh, in Lincoln, you had uh, North Star and Northeast. And Northeast kind of flipped the switch. What stuck out to you on the prep schedule last night? What are you looking forward to this weekend? Yeah, I, I was at uh, Westside Gretna last night and uh, really impressed with what I saw from uh, Gretna, especially their defense. Um, they just they had a great game plan for Westside and um, they uh, they executed at a really high level. Bill Hurd does a great job organizing their defense. The uh, the associate head coach, <laughs> I guess you could call him for for Brad Feekin there at Gretna, uh, and Westside just didn't really have an answer the entire game. It was it was close in the second quarter. Westside uh, tied it up and then. Uh, Gretna scored the next 12 points, 9-0 run in the half, and then hit a three-pointer to, to start second half, and it was double digits the rest of the way. So uh, Gretna looking like a clear number two. They're 10-1, and one, uh, and the only team that scored uh, above 50, uh, 57, well, above 52 on them in regulation uh, is is prep, and there were no loss of the season during that that holiday tournament run. Um, so Gretna is looking really impressive. Obviously, Bellevue West continuing to roll. Uh, at the top of the class, but Gretna is a firm number two uh, at this point. Uh, and then Lincoln, I, again, I don't know what to make what to make of the uh, uh, of the city at this point. Again, Lincoln High, they, they go win the hack, and then they immediately drop their next game, mm-hmm. and then they win again, and then they go and what lost to Northeast, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Northeast won that one, so uh, Lincoln High is at nine and three. You've got East kind of pushing along there at eight and two. Uh, win over Carney mm-hmm. uh, with big fourth quarter last night. That's a really good win for them. Um, they have the best record of any teams uh, in the, uh, in Lincoln, but then they suffered that uh, the upset and early in the hack tournament when they were hosting. So um, I, I don't know what to, to, what to think about the Lincoln hierarchy at this point. It just seems like any, like you got four or five teams, at any game, any day, any of those teams could win. It's a fair take, and it, it makes it really entertaining. And Southeast, I know, is uh, back to six and six. Pius entered in at, at seven and four, but Southeast has got some dudes, and and they uh, uh, have the ability night in, night out, just like Pius, and should be extremely entertaining as uh, we wind it down. Yeah, Jacob. Last um, thought before we get you out. Excuse me, yeah. you can go for it. I just no, wanted to get your, your take on, on Bellevue West. They're still undefeated this year, and I got the chance to see them once where they really wowed me was defensively, and I thought maybe somebody would be able to get get them on a night where they, they weren't shooting the ball very well. But with that defense, it just feels like they're going to be in every single game that they play this year, and, and their talent is phenomenal. Are they head and shoulders above the rest of Class A at this point in time, or do you think that the, the rest of the field will start catching up to what they've been doing so far this year? No, I think they've established themselves. They're, they're ahead, and... Um... Big uh, Bellevue West Gretna matchup looming in the Thunderdome coming up uh, next week, I believe it is. Um, but uh, for the one versus two there, but yeah, Bellevue West. You, you mentioned uh, someone catches them on off shooting game. That's what happened in, in the Metro Final with Creighton Prep, and uh, could not could not bury could not find uh, buy one from deep. Uh, they were down in the first quarter. It was a close game at halftime, and then second half they just pulled away because of that defense and just smothering. 
That's they they ran west side off the off the uh, court in, in the semis uh, for the same reason. Just no airspace. Um, they, they pressure the ball so well. They're so disciplined. They, they switch. They communicate. They help. They've got good size up and down the lineup. Uh, and then Josiah Dilsor is a game changer. Jaden Jackson uh, is a game changer. Uh, both that's as tough a backcourt as there is in the state. Uh, and, and then they've got guys in, inside like Robbie Garcia as a sophomore, Jacob Rope as a junior coming off the bench, uh, who'd be starting at any other uh, any other Class A team in the state. Uh, and they've got him coming off the bench uh, because of the depth of talent. And he had an injury coming into the year, so I think he would be starting. But Robbie Garcia uh, has kind of grabbed on that spot and p- performed well as a sophomore. So really tough one-two punch in the middle, great backcourt, uh, and um, really tough disciplined defense makes for a clear number one team in the state right now. Jacob Badillo with us. Jacob will uh, get caught up uh next week thanks for your time and insight as always and real quick tell the folks uh, they can read you obviously with hailvarsity.com and in magazine but also you're uh you're busy man you and damon podcasting and also you got a prep podcast as well a uh, second podcast yeah uh yeah so uh you want to hear more of my thoughts on the prep uh, prep basketball in particular right now uh look up nebraska preps post game uh over the herd at sports crew uh, and then uh, my Nebraska Shootaround podcast, I host with uh, my buddy Jacob Bigelow, uh, focusing entirely on Nebraska ball. And we work in uh, the women's team as well, bring on uh, Hale Varsity's Great Keeler there to kind of provide us some updates there after some big wins and, and things like that. So um, those are other places. Kind of look those up. You can find them to, to hear more of my takes if for some reason you, you would like to do that. <laughs> but yeah, we mostly do. It's that, <laughs> yeah, mostly uh, you follow me on Twitter at Jacob Bedell underscore. Hail varsity, of course. And I just want to say quickly, Jacob and uh, well, Jacob and Jacob, two of the best basketball minds I've ever been around. I had a, a, one class with Jacob Bigelow in college, and the entire time he was sitting on his laptop, like watching huddle basketball highlights and reading basketball articles the entire time. So I just want to say those two guys, very very smart. But to their his podcast. credit, he still went to class. He was there. Yeah, he was. There. He was there for roll call. <laughs> Jacob, take care, bud. Thanks for the time. There he is, Jacob Bedilla, with us here on Hale Varsity. Bill Dolman's 20 minutes away. We'll tell you about another team that may be finding its way into Omaha from the Big Ten. Uh, that's coming up. Stay tuned for that. Uh, Brady Altman's tweeting out the Nebraska assistant salaries are mm. uh, available. They've been out about uh, 20 minutes or so. We've been talking ball, though. Uh, Satterfield at $1.4 million. Coach White. $1 million. Coach Cooper at six seventy a year. Uh, not Matt Foley, but Coach Foley at five fifty. Uh, you have Coach Campbell at four fifty. Pot Roast at four hundred. Uh, Donnie Raiola at three twenty five, and Barthol at two eighty five. So we still don't know what twenty four year old Garrett McGuire is going to be making. I we don't, but it's still pretty awesome at age twenty four. I was. I think I might have been doing seventeen five at age twenty four up in South Dakota, not 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 counting thirty five dollar talent fees for for basketball. Oh, those add up. Well, they do if you're doing six games a week. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it worked. As soon as we get press availability, with Garrett McGuire, I want someone to ask him, "What did you buy with your first big boy paycheck at Nebraska?" Because like he's been coaching, but like to be a full time Power Five assistant, I wonder what he's buying with that first paycheck, and I wonder. If it's like something I would buy, like a PlayStation, something an average twenty-four-year-old would buy, or if he's got different like mindset altogether, being 
a power five I, position. I, I don't know what. When I was twenty four, like it was, do I get a night off from running a ball game and let's go grab dinner with the fiance? Let's uh, save some money so we can pay off her freaking ring. <laughs> love you, dear. Really do. <laughs> you said that. Re- really do. Really do love you. I don't know. If I had just bleep you money at 24, oh, it could be fun. Buying a Ferrari? No, I'm... I'm Corvette guy? You a Corvette guy? Dad was. He, he loved his Corvettes. We'll wind down hour one. Hail Barn City continues. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. So we'll get to some Joel Klatt here towards the end of the show. His take on Nebraska and could they be the, the biggest and best climber in 2023. John Rothstein uh, tweeting this out about eight minutes ago. Sam Greasel out for tonight's game against Purdue. Uh, Sammy averaging 11 and 5, and then, uh, you know, four assists a game. He's got a hip issue. So the hits keep on coming for Fred and company. That's no good. Nebraska tips at 6. Mitch Sherman's tweet here when it comes to the coaches' salaries, you have 4.63 million of the $7 million pool. that um, is the number. Uh, Coach Campbell, the strength and conditioning does not count towards the allotment of assistance. And uh, for three assistants, uh, not released. So, yeah, you, you put that three into the 2.67. You have some more money to spend on additional staff. So, Rule's been, um, I don't want to say conservative with what he's handed out because both your coordinators are making coordinator money in Satterfield at 1.4 that said the rest of the guys on staff I mean it's it's straight up it feels out of I love working for this guy I'm loyal to this guy I want to build with um I want to build with uh with the with this Nebraska staff moving forward so we we told you that, that Minnesota was uh, by Westside today a little earlier, along with Coach White. And you know Iowa's had success. Minnesota has infiltrated Nebraska. Iowa State's done well in the state of Nebraska. And then, of course, you got the North Dakota States and South Dakota States, two incredible programs that have uh, played for championships and won championships that kids that back in the day would have walked on and starred for Nebraska typically or or, or Possibly they're going to the, the Dakota schools to go kill it, and the NFL will find them. Well, one more program to look out for uh, when it comes to some of West Side's studs is Michigan State. You're like, well, how the hell does Michigan State fit into, into here? Uh, 
you have T.J. Hallowell, uh, former linebacker for Nebraska, if you remember that. Hallowell was a really talented backer. I think finished up in 03, was a senior as a linebacker under Bo, and also um, just just really talented guy. Uh, obviously a Nebraska guy, and he's been at Coastal Carolina, but he's support staff now for Michigan State. Mm. So he is... Uh, somebody that is no doubt touching with his Husker contacts and Michigan State really wants to be in Nebraska. Michigan State is somebody that's going to go hard after Christian Jones. Uh, They are smart football guys. Mel Tucker, look what he did with the portal roster management, right, with Kenneth Walker in that 11-2 season. Mel Tucker sees talent, knows talent. Don't kid yourself. They're going to go hard after Benning because you could make a strong argument that Benning's top offensive and defensive player in the state, special teams as well. He's a game changer, proven. So, Sparty, <laughs> we, we've, we've been used to Fleck and his crew. Iowa's done well. Sparty wants to be in Nebraska. Keep that in mind. Proud of Fairbury, Bill Dolman's on the way. It's Hale Varsity Hour 2 coming Welcome up. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Big thanks to Jacob Padilla in Hour 1, Jeremiah Searles in 20 minutes. We welcome in the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, the professor, Bill Dolman. Dole, what's what's behind you? What office building? And again, you can stream the show, Hale Varsity YouTube, and then the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle at HVarsity Radio, where you catch us. And again, of course, Coffee and Cream, Damon and Andrew in the mornings. Where, what's behind you? That's a good backdrop. Like I can tell you there's the parking garage of the apartments on top. It's a parking Actually, garage? I think, it's a, I think that's the Children's Museum. Okay. Uh, well, right, right across the way here, which is where the College of Journalism and Mass Communications has its experience labs where, uh, you know, people like, um, oh, I don't know, double underscore probably gets a little more experience <laughs> so that when he comes on the air with you, he's a polished professional. Well, I remember taking Junior through the, uh, the TV lab <laughs> of the Children's Museum. Now, I tried to leave him at the Children's Museum and run to O Street, and uh, <laughs> I was... I was tased by my wife, and, and I had to come back and do family time versus a happy hour. But they gave Dolman a good office up there. See, that's I know that's the parking garage of the apartments on top. That's across from the lead center over the left shoulder. Ooh, it, so you're right by. Okay, so it, it looks like you're up on the the third floor of the of the College of Journalism. No, Say so you're on second floor. Second so you're right next to the uh, right next to the radio station, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. Basically, I'm right where all the action is, mm-hmm. as well as uh, many of the nice downtown locations uh, that I recall uh, stumbling to and stumbling out of, you know, just a couple of short decades ago. Well, uh, you're going to need some, uh, some... I know the neighborhood well, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and it hasn't changed very much since then. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. We were talking about Michigan State uh, a little bit ago as they're trying to make their presence felt uh, in, in Nebraska with some of the West Side prospects. Um, 
and uh, Matt chimes in, is Junior going to go up to Michigan State because uh, of Carson's obsession with Michigan State? Dear friend Jack Ebling, uh, radio and print uh, Hall of Famer, uh, that we've been able to connect with has covered uh, Michigan State for years. He has thrown out the offer of getting Junior a spot as a team manager with Sparty Basketball, as long as Izzo's still there, and then also an internship with uh, with Jack on his radio show. And uh, we're right now. That's we're working, pretty good offer. Yeah, we're working on pitching lessons for Junior right so, now. So Michigan State just doesn't stop coming plucking talent out of Nebraska. <laughs> Look at that. That's incredible. Hey, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I I, I, I thought I've heard on on most television networks one with four letters that that there's nothing in Nebraska. I don't. Nobody knows how Nebraska can turn it around. And there's no talent here. And there's nothing here. It sure does seem like a lot of schools have discovered that. Uh, you know, some of the best talent, best hardworking talent in the country can be found right here in the Midwest in Nebraska. You know, a hundred years ago, I've said this before, Sean Ridley and Larry Station went to Iowa. Danny Goodwin went to Iowa State, and that was basically it. But it sure is interesting that if there's no talent and there's nothing to do in Nebraska, how a whole lot of the major schools around the country have been finding themselves into Nebraska to pluck away good talent when Let's face it, uh, that talent may have been ignored by the powers that be down the block or across campus who are no longer here. Does your door lock? Firm impression that the current (laughs) staff sure doesn't want to see those talent, those those players leave because they're very talented. No, and I thought it was a it was a a good moment on social media with uh, Coach Rule and and To at the dinner table together. Uh, Nebraska fans loved that. Uh, Coach Foley with uh, Mr. Foltz. That was heartwarming last night as well. But th- their action is is not just for show. I mean, they're they're scouting, and uh, time will tell when it comes to development and wins on the field. But man, they're hitting the right notes thus far. And and every time a, a, an assistant coach steps forward, uh, two per week, it feels like that's what it's been. They know what they're saying. Uh, and it looks like they know what they're doing based on their their track record. So, I think the Husker fans, Bill, are 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 afraid to get hurt again. You know what I mean? But man, they 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 really like what they're seeing right now. I you know I can't think of a. I'm big on perception and reading between the lines, and I I cannot think of a of a misstep so far. Maybe there's one or two, but nothing major that Matt Rule and his staff collectively, I, I don't see a bad step to this point. I think that they have said all the right things, and I think they believe all the right things about the state of Nebraska in terms of where they've gone, uh, the talent that they visited. Yeah, a couple of guys said, you know, I like what you're, what you're saying, but I'm going to go to Iowa State. Okay, that past relationships, um, you know, you know, burn some bridges. They, they tried to rebuild but couldn't. You know, Zach uh, Flores has gone to Oklahoma State, couldn't repair that. We get that. But for what they've had to do and work with in the last, what, uh, not even two full months yet, um, I think that I think that they've hit all the right notes. And the, the, you know, the thing is, that's a cliche. It, so much so that I think as people have seen the names come in in terms of who he's bringing in on his staff, that people are are willing to give every single one of those coaches the benefit of the doubt. And when they've come to the microphone, 
They've said all the right things. I mean, RBU, mm-hmm. uh, that was great. Uh, you know, Ed Foley, uh, Matt's dad seems to, you know, really enjoy uh, being in Nebraska and seems to be cut from that Milt Tenniper, Dan Young cloth. I mean, everything has been great. And I think we're all anxious to, you know, to hear from Jared McGuire as to what uh, part-time job he'll have in addition to coaching Nebraska so he can make enough money in addition to minimum wage. It'll be a you know decent salary. Hey, the minimum wage just went up in the state. It, it did. What, what? Well, I know. I mean, is he going to work at Valentino's on Friday night and then coach on Saturday? He'll, he'll be at Lazari's. Uh, he'll be at Lazari's. Uh, bartender <laughs> at the Brass Rail. <laughs> he'll, he'll be. Oh, is he old enough? Yeah, he's twenty four. He'll be pouring. Oh, okay. He'll be okay. pouring born so one I, of these I, three guys of vodka tonic in the bar. People trust Matt Rule right now on every move that he's made. That you know what, if he's bringing these guys in and everybody keeps saying the right thing. Bring them on. We welcome them with open arms. Bill, what would you have splurged at age 24 if you're going to get six-figure money like 24-year-old McGuire is? And he's clearly mature, more mature than most 24-year-olds. Not all 24-year-olds, but a lot of us. Way the hell more than mature than I was. Well, I mean, I was calling you once a week when I was in South Dakota when I was 24. I was like uh, <laughs> making 17.5, and that buys a whole hell of a lot of chew. <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know. At the age of 24, um, I, I probably would have found myself uh, in, in some type of condo situation in Vegas or Hawaii. But you know, <laughs> that was back in the day and a whole lifetime ago. Uh-huh. So you would have, you would have said, "I'm going to a place that's warm." Uh, Elijah's thinking video games or some sort of tech. Yeah, 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 for the most part. Get by myself the I PS5. I would have invested in real estate. Yeah, that would have been my thing. <laughs> or or I would throw a little to Danny Burke at the inside knowledge and reinvest that <laughs> no, a money. a guy in the desert. <laughs> reinvest it at the sports book. <laughs> Bill, uh, 94-95, Nebraska finished second. Bill Conley is uh, pretty well respected with ESPN. It's uh, neck and neck between Georgia and Nebraska, the greatest two-year stretch ever. We beat this up earlier in the week. I'm sure you have a take living that era. Well, Nebraska fans need to uh, stop paying attention to what Matt Rule is doing and start getting on the clicks so they can uh, win (laughs) yet another ESPN poll. Uh, Now, as I recall, the four teams that were uh, involved other than Nebraska in that little discussion, the other ones all had a loss of some sort, correct? Or two. Um, Nebraska was unbeaten for two solid years. That's one thing. Uh, but the other thing about it is, and, and you know, I hate it when I hear coaches and players say after a championship season, we overcame so much. You know, the, the, all that this team had to overcome to be Kirby Smart said it the other day. Uh, I wrote it down. We, we didn't w- worry what everybody was saying about us. Everybody, but everybody doubted us at the beginning of the year. We had a chip on our shoulder. Are you kidding me? You were preseason number one. You were number one all year. You had a returning starter at a quarterback and a bunch of five stars all over the field. Nobody doubted Georgia this year, right? But well, if you well, go well, back well, well, well. Think- Can I make a quick point? I did pick Oregon to cover against Georgia in week one in our first Friday forecast of the year. So he, he could be well, talking okay, to me. You were, the one, you were the guy. You put the chip on Georgia's shoulder, right? Nobody doubted Georgia at all at the beginning of the season. But if you go back to 94 in Nebraska, you had Tommy Frazier with his situation. That was not just an injury. It was somewhat life-threatening. You had Brooke Behringer. You had two of the top quarterbacks at Nebraska, certainly in the country, 
that were hurt. You had Lawrence Phillips with a broken hand. That was, you know, some things that happened in 94. And you had to win a game against an opponent on its home field in the bowl game to win the national title. All right. That was 94. The thing about 95, you talk about a team that had a lot to overcome to win with the whole Lawrence Phillips situation, the controversy that lasted for weeks, right? All the way through the final whistle of the Florida game. Okay, that team overcame a lot. So to think about what it would have been if it had had a kind of the season that Georgia did where you really didn't have any controversy, any doubts, nothing went wrong. You just kind of cruised through the season. How dominant would that 95 Nebraska team have been had it not had the distractions and the difficulties that it had to overcome? Second, third, fourth, or fifth point on this, the option is an equalizer, right? That's why Air Force, Navy, uh, all those teams run it because they kind of have to. Nebraska ran it because it liked to punish. So it wasn't just running the option. It was punishing with the option. It was the guys who ran the option. Some of the greatest offensive lines in the history of college football ran that option. Some of the great players. So it wasn't just that it was an equalizing offense. It was the people who ran it. That's what made 95 especially dominant. The people who ran it and overcame all that it had overcome. People forget about that. They just think, well, Nebraska was pretty good in 95. Everything that it had to overcome for so many weeks, that was amazing. And the people that ran what they did offensively and defensively in punishing, also amazing. Look, Georgia's great. Alabama was great. USC teams were great. My, nobody would have beaten 94-95 Nebraska. And that's the final opinion on it. Bill Dolman with us, Hale Varsity Radio, at Bill Dolman on, on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Fight him. Do it now. Bill, a, a take here on Commissioner Warren as we wind down. Oh, be he's, he's off to the NFL. Uh, it's going from a Power 5 commissioner's gig to, hey, uh, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the Windy City. Now I'm in the, uh, the NFL again. It goes from 14 teams to worry about to one. You're right. Yeah, you know, but I, I, doesn't, I doesn't sound like there's a lot of love by the jocks or the the smart kids around the Big Ten or even the TV people. It's like, dude, get get gone. I, I think I, I think maybe maybe the the time was to go for him to go do something different. He didn't get off to a great start. Um, the COVID thing was kind of a disaster. Nebraska forced his hand, right? Um, but I, I think that this is just, and I think it's been talked about this week, this is a stepping stone for him. He is off to the NFL for now, and he will be off to the NFL headquarters in New York. I think that's what he has his sights set on. I think he has been advised that what he has done with television or helped to do with in television and the Big Ten, that's a critical thing to the NFL going forward. I think that his sights are set on uh, replacing Roger Goodell one day as the commissioner of the NFL. I think that's the way – I think he's been advised that you have that opportunity, but you're going to have to be in the NFL in some way, shape, or form to get that done. So – he had he had an interesting tenure with the Big Ten, that, and, but he's leaving on a high note, I think. Um, and who replaces him with the Big Ten will be a critical decision uh, for the conference uh, going forward. But he's he's left him in pretty good 
in a pretty good situation TV-wise and monetarily. Bill Dolman's pitch to become the next Big Ten commissioner is what? Well, uh, call me. Yeah, I'm right. You know I'm right. Just pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah, just give me a buzz. We can talk. You know, I got a pretty good situation right now, and I got a good, you know, great view. <laughs> but uh, but but Rose is it Rosemont? Yeah, Rosemont, Illinois is uh, also very appealing. I, I think it's less about the the locale and more about the zeros on the paycheck. Speaking of Dole, you think the. Uh, what do you think of the, the the salaries here? They came out here about thirty minutes ago, forty five minutes ago, with uh, Satterfield making one point four. Uh, you've got Coach Tony White making a mill as coordinator, and uh, you've got uh, Foley at five fifty. That'll buy more than just one van down by the river. <laughs> Two eighty five for for Barthel Coop is at six seventy. Um, you have uh, Campbell. Uh, Mr. Campbell, four fifty, and then uh, Donnie Raiola at three and a quarter. There's you still know, money I, left I over. Go back, you know, twenty twenty five years ago, I don't think the staff made uh, more than one point five million combined. <laughs> you know, and to, to see these numbers are huge. There's a lot left over in the pool, and you know, I, I think he's also made some other hires with. Uh, um, I, I think the woman who's in charge of you know Texas high school athletics is coming on board. There's a chief staff. Mm-hmm. I think that's her role. There's a general manager. Uh, are we going to have a secretary of education and transportation on this? Uh, football coaching staff as well i mean how many more people are going to get hired but you know no wonder these guys love the big red because it's go big green uh you know when it comes to uh the 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 fifth and the first and the 15th of every month they're gonna they've got a lot on their plate and they've got a lot of money to pay for it so uh, that's just the way it is bill dolman billy d we'll talk next week thanks for the time bud go big red Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. We welcome in our favorite Husker NFLer and uh, a few of his uh, teams. In the postseason this weekend, Jeremiah Searles with this. Find him on Twitter at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Searles, have you stopped by the roadside and inhaled the fresh air of Iowa? You're, uh, you're road tripping right now, am I right? Yes, I'm on my way back home from Minnesota. I've been up here all week uh, working with some clients up here at the gym that we have, O-linemen, so... Good to be back home for a little bit. This is my busy time of year, so anytime I can get it home, I will, and I can't get out of Iowa quick enough. Now, so Searles, we're, we're cruising. You're sure none of these uh, these clients have any eligibility left? Maybe withdraw their name from the draft, go to the transfer portal, convince them to go to Nebraska. Is that is that possible here? No, absolutely not. They're all going to the NFL. I will say I'm a huge fan of Walter Rouse. I've been recruiting him for two years for the agency. Could not be more excited that he is a Husker. 
Tell me more from your eyes to the Husker fans' ears. Uh, tackle to tackle, what do you love about him? Yeah, you know, so Walter's another guy. First of all, he's incredibly smart, obviously. He went to Stanford. I'm pretty sure he's going to be a mechanical engineer. So incredibly smart human being. I also love the fact that he's like 21 years old. He's super young, you know, so he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on the body. But at the same time, he's been a multi-year starter at Stanford. He's a Stanford O-line. He's a road grader. But this year, he took a huge jump in his pass protection. You know, and anytime you're talking about a left tackle, especially someone that's going to possibly go to the league, you know, pass protection is key. You know, he had a really high grade coming out of uh, Stanford this year, but he wanted to go back for one more year. You know, so he's got one more year under his belt, transferred through the Big Ten. I think he's going to be a major upgrade for us at left tackle. Talk to me about some of the options Coach Raiola has. A lot of guys who've played ball, some have been injured, some are trying to find their best football. Yeah, you know, I think obviously you got a guy in Walter you want to put at left tackle. You know, now you got a guy at Teddy Borhaska. You know, the question's kind of like, now what? You know, but our tackles have been a bit of our weak spot. You know, I think maybe we could get Teddy to move over to right. Um, you know, do his thing over there. He can. You got Turner now. You can maybe move back to the side. You get Nuri back. You know, you're getting pieces back. And I think that's part of why Raiola was retained on the staff. You know, he knows these guys. He knows them inside and out. And then the ability to go land some big portal guys, too, to help bolster that depth, that offensive line. He finally has some options. You know, I think last year we didn't have depth. We didn't have options. The things weren't going great. We didn't have somewhere to turn of, like, this guy will fix us. You know, so but now we seem like we have some options and guys left some competition and go through spring ball, go through training camp and find the best five. Do you believe what Matt Rule and Satterfield say whenever they say they think the offensive line can be a strength of the team next year? It'd be a far cry from last year where they're probably the biggest weakness on the team and only a couple transfer portal additions. Do you, do you truly believe they could be a strength of the team next year? Mm, as a wise man once said, we'll see. You know, <laughs> I'm not sold on that you know i don't i don't like getting sold on Ooh, they're going to be a strength of the team when it's an unproven group you know i think you can say an offensive line is going to be the strength of your football team when you've got a proven group that's been together a long time done it at a high level a long time won games because of the offensive line you know that's when i can say strength of a team now does that mean that they can't work their way into that absolutely not but i'm not ready to say wow look at what these guys can do on paper when i haven't seen them do it between the white lines Jeremiah Searles is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Searles, a lot of Husker fans getting higher on this offensive line because of the additions of uh, Walter Rouse and, and Ben Scott. Whenever you look at those two, do you think those two guys are, are Big Ten ready right away? Or do you think there's going to be some work they need to put in over the next couple of months to get their bodies right for the, the Big Ten coming over from the Pac-12? Yeah, I mean, obviously the Pac-12 trash. So they definitely have to make <laughs> sure that they get themselves rolling a little bit more. You know, there's a big physical nature to it. You see it happen with... I mean, as much as um, Ochon Mathis had a bit of an impact, you know, he came from the Big 12, and he got pushed around on the run game and kind of disappeared in the pass game, you know. So it is just a different style of play in the Big Ten. It's a grind it out. It's cold. It's making sure that you can go out there and, and execute, I mean, on a down-by-down -down basis when you're running the ball over and over again, you know. But I think of a guy like Walter specifically, you know, he comes from a Stanford program that, you know, they don't shy away from running the football. You know, if there's a physical team – in the Pac-12 at Stanford and Utah. You know, so I don't think he'll have a huge adjustment coming to here and what we do. And so, you know, I think there's slight adjustments, but both those guys have played a lot of football. You know, it's not going to take long for them to be able to get adjusted and uh, get to the style of play that we're going to want. Jeremiah Searle spending time with us. Hale Varsity Radio NFL Weekend will get there. Overall, your takeaway with Coach Rule 
right now from recruiting to staff to communication, uh, just your observations, your feel as a former Husker? I think he's killing it. You know, I think he's killing it. He's doing all the right things. He's talking to the right people. He's recruiting the right type of players. And, you know, he's not – he's being transparent. You know, I think that's a big thing of transparency of what he wants to do and then showing with his words, with his actions. And, you know, it all sounds great and it's all doing the right things. And at the end of the day, I hope it all comes to fruition in September because that's when you'll be judge, jury, executioner comes during the season. No, as we all see, you know, but at the moment, I think he's absolutely crushing it, and he's got me really excited for this Husker football season. Is it a different excitement? You've been through the the merry-go-round with the rest of us, and, and you were, you know, really loyal, and, and you should be, to, to a guy like Bo. So you've seen this from a player's perspective, this, this turnstile of coaches. Uh, yeah, you know, and when I say excitement, I mean excitement as I'm excited to see what it looks like. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying excitement of, ooh, we're going to win 10 games next year. You know, I think there's a different level of excitement. My excitement is like, okay, things have changed. We have new faces. We have new players. I'm excited to see what this team looks like. I'm not going to ready to anoint them kings by any means, and no one should. But I think there's a definite realistic, and everyone should be excited of the possibility and the potential of what we can see, no more, no less. Jeremiah Searles is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And when you talk about potential, Searles, where do you think this this team has potential right now as it stands for for next year? I'm not talking down the road, but next year specifically, where do they have potential to, to, to you know, be able to do things well? Yeah, you know, I think the potential for this is just to continue to grow off some of the offensive success we had this year. You know, at times it looked great, at times it looked awful. But the thing of the potential to grow in that, have some other new options. You know, you lose Trey Palmer, but you got some more options at receiver now. And then on defense, you know, the potential of just a whole new scheme and what that can look like. You know, there's the potential of it going really well and potential going really bad. You know, but there's still potential on that side. And, you know, defenses win championships. You know, I'm not a huge fan of the 3-3-5. But if you can make it work and you can plug it in there and do the things you need to do, it can be very effective, you know. So, I think potential to have some wrinkles on defense that are great, and then just to keep growing on the offensive side of the ball. So, so let's talk three three five for a second. You mentioned the fact that you don't quite like it, but I mean during bowl season we saw a lot of three three five defenses have success uh, against their opponents, and I specifically look at, at TCU against Michigan. I know they still let Michigan put up forty five points, but they got the win at the end of the day, and they they forced Michigan to do some things that they weren't as comfortable with. So, so what's your hesitation with the three three five? Anytime you only have six big bodies on the field, I get nervous. I get very nervous, especially when you're talking about teams that run the ball like crazy. And, you know, and a lot of guys that play the three, three, five, you know, it's really to get turnovers, to get interceptions. You know, I don't think the three, three, five was created to stop the run, to stop an Iowa, to stop a Minnesota, to stop an Illinois. That's going to play 12, 21 big personnel. No, it was created for the big 12 and the pac 12 to, when you're defending the pass over and over again, and then you're just going to rely on your six big guys to be able to stop the occasional run in there. You know, so there's pros and cons to the three through five. You know, you get a lot of guys that can run and athletic ability cover the edges, but I just feel like at times it really leaves you really susceptible to inside run and big bodies and getting double teams and getting creases, which is why I'm just not a huge fan, which is what you saw Georgia do to TCU was they just beat them up front, and then you really have no answer if that's your base key. Searles, NFL, we go, and you get to pick one. 
Who's top of your list for quarterback power rankings in the playoffs? Easy. Josh Allen. All day, every day. Sporting News has him number three, my friend. Good for them. When he's holding the Lombardi at the end of the day, we'll see. <laughs> did, Take, did the Bills have Super Bowl potential in, in, in your mind, Searles, whenever you look at this? I mean, they have to go through the Chiefs in the AFC, and the Buffalo Bills in recent weeks haven't quite looked like themselves, but they do have the, uh, the what should I call it, the uh, motivation. motivation following the, the DeMar Hamlin injury. That, that's a good way to use, Searles. Yeah, no, it, trust me, I love the Bills. Obviously, I'm a slightly biased, you know, but they still have to get through Cincinnati. And I'm not writing off Cincinnati by any means. You know, I love the teams in the AFC. I think the Dolphins are going to get beat. No, I think the Chargers might be able to do some noise. But overall, it's Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincy, and any three of those teams have Super Bowl potential, in my opinion. I think the Bills need to figure out some stuff on defense, but that offense can keep you in any game. Totally agree with the offense. Jeremiah Searles with us. So let's flip it around to the NFC. What's your uh, best outlook for your Vikings? Captain Kirk behind center. I know you're not a Philly guy, but, man, they've looked good. And then, of course, San Francisco is a big-time concern for everyone else in the NFC. Yeah, you know, I've planted the flag on my Minneapolis podcast and everything I do. I don't think the Vikings win this weekend, personally. Um, you know, I think that they've had too many issues, and everyone's like, yeah, they're a three-seed. Yeah, I don't believe in them, I thought. You know, and I think it's a two-man race between Philly and San Francisco. And right now I give the slight edge to San Francisco just because they got Debo Samuel back. I mean, that offense is the most quarterback-friendly offense in the NFL, and Brock Purdy's operating it at a very high level, even though he is just a little guy. You know, but you put Jalen Hurts back behind center, get him comfortable. I know he didn't look great um, last week, you know, but they had, their defense is also scary. The NFC defenses are what are going to carry them to the Super Bowl and really what ultimately could help them win a Super Bowl. And because either one of those offenses can get hot and score a lot of points, but it's the defense that's going to really win it for the NFC. With Philly, not only do they have your teammate, Linville Joseph, but your other former teammate, Indomitian and Sue, and those guys are coming off the bench. Yeah, their, their twos on defense on Philly are starters on half of the NFL team. You know, and that's what makes Philly so scary. You talk about guys like Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they lost Marcus Sweat, but, you know, they have – so many options of how they want to rush, who they want to rush, and keeping the rushers fresh, that, you know, that is a really, really tough front to have to do anything into run or pass. Searles, last thought, a George Kittle story. You and Georgie uh, trade uh, friendly barbs on Twitter quite often. Yes, I love Georgie. He is a special cat. Uh, you know, my favorite. My favorite George story is, you know, I, I called him this year and he didn't answer after the Iowa game. He never does. <laughs> but I called him, I called him, and uh, he didn't answer. And then he just tweeted me back, and he was just like, I'm down. I'm down bad, man. And it was just good because it's fun. You know, I always wonder with those guys because we haven't had a chance to poke back and forth. I've been taking a lot of the jabs. But, you know, it's just fun to know that that rivalry still means something to, to all of us. So it still matters. Uh, for guys like George Kittle and myself, everyone involved, you know, so it's just fun to poke back and fun with that guy, and he's he's a madman. Jeremiah Searles with his standout Husker, longtime NFLer, uh, sports agent, and Searles, safe travels back, bud. We'll uh, get a beer soon, and, and thanks for the time today. Absolutely, appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Go Big Red. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy-six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Friday edition, Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We say hi to Brady Oltmans with Hale Varsity. Don Cotman, magazine staff writer. Brady, it's uh, well, it's frequent flyer miles time, man, for the uh, staff uh, in the air and, and on the road. How are you? Doing well, man. This is the kind of time where I think I initially regret not going to things in like Charlotte and the Football Coaches Association staying home, but I go to you know award ceremonies and there's there's plenty to keep me going on my phone so i'm i'm doing just fine. and your corgi's absolutely hamming it up in yeah the background Arch, right archie now. is is just pimping you behind <laughs> <laughs> he, he's usually pretty good it's uh it's a lot of writing this afternoon but as soon as the cameras come on and everything it's showtime for uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how gertrude is in the mornings uh <laughs> we're sitting at the breakfast bar and here comes these giant ass ears <laughs> You know, and she's uh, she's got to be ready for the camera. Uh, What stuck out here to you as far as uh, some of Nebraska's in-state travels? Let's start there. Um, uh, Well, initially, Ed Foley kind of, you know, he he's a journeyman. They I mean, they're all getting out on the road. But for a guy that comes in and he just I mean, well, first of all, he starts, um, I guess, Thursday night in Greeley, me and the Fultz family, which I think really stood out as a big character move. and it kind of goes into a theme of wanting to learn things. Uh, this this coaching staff wants to make an impression, but they want to know that they're making it in the right way. So they're willing to learn the traditions and history of Nebraska in order to accommodate um, some of those sacred honors. Um, he, I mean, he stopped in Grand Island. Uh, he stopped at Donovan Trumbull, which I was like, when was the last time any good football player came out of Donovan Trumbull? Shout outs beat you guys um, back in the day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he's been waiting all day for that. Uh, he's one. been salty. He's been salty. He's like, they went to Donovan Trumbull? <laughs> Brady's like, we got uh, you. you. Know, you gotta, I don't hear about him very often, so, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were, were you an option quarterback or a spread quarterback? Oh, no, man. I was uh, strictly eight man tight end. Okay. Um, and, and, and lineman. So, you know, we. We we were on the trenches back then, um, <laughs> and, and and fully I guess stopping at uh, York and Seward too. Mm-hmm. I mean that's a, just a good. He's hitting chances are right. man. I'm really curious to know what he got. Oh, he got the prime rib, dude. I mean it's uh, <laughs> don't come going, home. You got to. Yeah, don't come home unless you got the prime rib. Oh, see, I made a mistake. I, I've been to chances are once after umpiring in York, and I did not get the prime rib. Why? I, I didn't know you had to. Oh, absolutely. That's my bad. That's Coach Brett's hometown. They got a statue of him eating prime rib there. <laughs> I don't believe that one bit. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, Coach Foley is out. Of course, uh, Coach uh, White hitting West Side, hitting Omaha North, and we know how talented West Side's trio is um, for for twenty twenty four and and beyond. I mean, Nebraska's in state, but also, uh, of course, Arizona. Uh, we think uh, reading the hieroglyphics. Uh, maybe uh, maybe Ariola rendezvous today. Yeah, um, I mean that one rule kind of alluded to it in a tweet. I believe um, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but there was a different high school in Arizona that confirmed that uh, Coach Ariola was in. That's where Bobby Newcomb's at. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, you're right. Um, they confirmed a Ariola sighting. So uh, 
reading through the tea leaves there and and you know word on the street is that they're both down in in arizona while um ej barthel is out in connecticut mm-hmm. doing some recruiting um and i believe um not sure if he's down there per se but garrett mcguire um offered a kid out of texas so he might be down uh, back down in texas um on the recruiting trail this weekend so they really they really are kind of you know casting the wide net and crossing the whole nation right now if you're matt rural do you get coach Ryla involved in the recruitment of of dylan or, or is that something where it'd be a weird experience for a high school kid to be getting recruited and oh your uncle walks in the door the guy you've been seeing every single christmas for like since you were born and now he's got a recruiting pitch for you. that just feels weird to me and i know i'm not a recruit and i was never a high level athlete like that so never had d1 coaches coming and visiting me so but maybe you went, I'm to off a few, here. you went to camps though but, but, and, you I, saw it. and then i envisioned this like my uncle walking in the door trying to recruit me it'd just be a weird experience hey, uncle donnie need a beer <laughs> <laughs> not a margarita <laughs> oh you went there <laughs> well i think i think that there's a there's got to be some sort of, you know, introduction to the family because Rule's a big connections guy. I think he values that familial connection mm. um, when they have it. I think he's he's genuine about connections. I'm sure that um, Donovan likes to see, you know, his family when he's in the area. So I don't know if it's necessarily like, hey, you know, we want Coach Rayola in here while we're talking shop. Um, or if it's kind of a, hey, you know, we're going to, if you want to step out or so, you know, whatever it is mm-hmm. for comfort level sake. Um because I think it potentially could be kind of weird here and, you know, your nephew get a recruiting pitch to the school you, you coach at, but um, you know, these things happen now. There's so many different connections, different, you know, um, different relations to, to recruits and coaches all over the place. I think they've kind of learned how to operate and work how it turns out for the best. And that's a good point you make about the relationships and the familiarity where, you know, coach Donnie can get your foot in the door and it's just a casual stop you know, Coach Rell is visiting his family. Matt Rule just happens to be there until it's not. I, I, I get what you're saying now. It's a good point you made. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that's the baseline that they go. That's what we heard. You know, some of the assistants talk about a little bit earlier, or I guess on Thursday. Um, they just kind of said, we don't really have a recruiting pitch. We just kind of mm-hmm. go about, you know, um, building a, a connection with these guys. And I think that's the baseline barometer for what they're going for. Brady Altman's with us here at Hale Varsity. Brady, a thought here, some SEC flavor potentially this weekend. Brett Seether, tight end that's uh, in the portal from Georgia this weekend, uh, if not tonight, but this weekend, supposed to, to be in Lincoln. An update there. And, and also MJ Sherman, outside linebacker that saw some special teams action. But And Georgia's also got, I think, an offensive tackle departing as well. Yeah, I, I was really kind of curious to see how many Georgia guys ended up declaring for the portal. I figured that there would be a few of them. Most of them, it became evident that they were going to wait until you know the end of the season, maybe. Because if you can play in the national championship, you want to play in the national championship mm-hmm. and keep your you know wait until the very last moment. Um, I'm really curious because this is another one. Obviously, they were recruited by Georgia, very talented high school kids going in, and and their iron sharpens iron in the practice mm-hmm. field. They just couldn't, you know break through and get legitimate playing time at the national at the V dynasty right now in mm-hmm. college football. Uh, I think that they are good fits at Nebraska. If they can come in, obviously getting a, a stronger tight end uh, room would definitely help out and, um, and fit Satterfield system. And then anytime you can get any sort of help on the offensive line or any potential defensive help as well. Um, they're going to want that. Brady, before we get out of here, let's go to the phone lines where Barry and Donovan checks in. 
Barry, turn your radio down. Uh, be kind to Brady. Brady, this is Barry and Donovan. Uh, <laughs> some some uh, rivalry smack we need to explore here. Barry, go ahead. Hey, Brady, this is Barry from Donovan. <laughs> and uh, I heard you throwing some shade there to Donovan Trumbull, and I wanted to remind you that we did win a state championship in 2013, first in a long time, maybe first ever, I'm not sure. Undefeated season as well, so <laughs> bada boom. Got to answer to that one, Brady. <laughs> that's true. That, that's, that's, and uh, Brady's like, not yeah. on my watch. <laughs> no, that's a, good, that's a good point. Missed me by a couple of years, I guess uh, five or so years, but that's a good point. Hey, yeah, thanks. yeah, Brady, where are you from? Uh, Lawrence Nelson. Oh, Lawrence Nelson. Okay. Well, uh, go Big Red. Go DT. And thanks for having me on. Hey, appreciate the call. There we go. We we unite all corners of the state right here. Brady's like South whatever. Central Nebraska, man. I love it. <laughs> uh, hey, I got I got two more questions for you, Brady. Hang on for us, okay? We'll do. All right, Brady Altman's with us. Hail Varsity winds down next. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal, Hail Varsity uh, Friday edition. Brady Altman's with a staff writer, HailVarsity.com and magazine. And find him at Brady Oltman's on Twitter. Brady, just real quick, bud, uh, thanks for your time here this uh, last half. And uh, Dr. Susan Elza, uh, Athletic Director of the Governing Body for Public High Schools in Texas, going to be Chief of Staff for Coach Rule. What's your reaction there? Uh, Well, I think they obviously have a great uh, relationship and connection from his time down in Texas. Um, not only the coaches, but administrators um, in Texas, for, especially for football and intergalactic sports, they have a high, um, a high respect uh, for Matt rule and what he's done. And I think bringing her in is a, is a big deal in terms of um, building Nebraska football and building it um, on a national scale. Uh, I guess one of the things that he said during the American Football Coaches Association uh, convention this last weekend was is really he wanted people that were grinders and he wanted enthusiastic people to to take it the next step in its rebuilding process. And I think that that might be one of the things, although she's mostly an off-the-field role, mm-hmm. um, that I, I think that that's m- mostly the motivation behind that. And quickly, C.J. Cavazos, I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, former XFL executive, he's been running a recruiting website down in Texas to help him get some, uh, some Texas kids on the radar of some uh, Division One schools. What's your, what's your read on him? And it sounds like he's coming to be director of football relations. Yeah, he's another guy with I mean, huge um, recruiting background. He's... Um, uh, couple of old Texas quarterbacks for the Longhorns that have gone through. They have a good relationship with them. Um, a couple of other college guys, their, their names are I'm blanking on, but he's, he's helped develop some pretty good Division One talent. Um, and a couple of guys go through, and obviously he's have has that uh, front office um, experience of the XFL, albeit a weird you know situation with the XFL and coming back to this year. So I think these are guys that Matt Rule knows um, and can trust to do their roles, and I'm – I'm I'm curious as he kind of make you know makes the final moves to the kind of uh, front office or back end of the staff how that's going to turn out and um, and what all, and really what all their you know um, 
uh, responsibilities are going to be. Brady, what are you working on here this weekend here? About 30 seconds, bud. Oh, man, just toying away with some stories. I'll be at the Remington Awards um, on Saturday and kind of doing some some light work stories, finishing up the last uh, major recruiting story for this upcoming edition of the magazine. So we're in good shape. Good stuff. Uh, get your subscription today, hailvarsity.com backslash offer. Uh, get the uh, the annual subscription, the yearbook in the uh, month of June, but, of course, the digital content you got to have as a Nebraska fan. Brady, take care. We'll uh, maybe uh, bump into you this weekend. Good deal, man. We'll see you guys. There he is. And uh, Brady Altman's with us. Big thanks to Jeremiah Searles, uh, Bill Dolman, of course, Brady, and uh, Jacob Padilla. Loaded Friday. Get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. The whole show there for your download enjoyment or the segmentized portions uh, go a la carte if you choose catch it all hail varsity youtube channel and uh, hail varsity's radio twitter handle as well at h varsity radio catch us in the afternoon coffee and cream damon benning andrew rogers mornings seven to nine buckle up this weekend buckle up all the time hands on the wheel eyes and mind straight ahead the driver one job That's to drive a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety. Talk to you tomorrow at 7 on the weekend edition. Take care. A Huda Media Production.